How will the looming rise in corporate taxes to pay for all the debt in America, how will that impact markets? How will that impact you as an investor? How bad is it for stocks? What will it mean for inflation? We're going to uncover all those stones right here today. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Spinach alert. Welcome to the Retire Sooner podcast. And I'm gonna talk about a topic today that I don't really love, I don't love this topic, but we need to address it as investors because, and this is what I call a spinach alert. What, and here's the question for where I'm trying to help you answer today. What will new higher corporate taxes mean for all of us trying to get to a retire sooner spot? How, what does it mean for our investments? If we're have higher taxes on corporations that flow through to earnings, does that take a hit out of, what we're investing in, in our retirement accounts. And it's something that we need to figure out. It's something that we need to get through. That's exactly what we're going to do today here on this episode. Now, again, I told you, nobody loves the topic of taxes, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't tune in here. Because, But taxes are the spinach of the financial world. We all, we all know about it. We all deal with it. And as investors, we, we care about taxes and we have to. And there's a, another podcast here with Ed Slot, who is the nation's retirement expert. The Wall Street Journal called Ed Slot. The he's the author of the the new retirement ticking time bomb book. But he was his analogy was that saving and investing is the first half of the game. Save, 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 invest, invest. That's that's the first quarter and the second quarter. Good, but taxes are the second half. In Q3 and Q4, if you, if you don't if you don't deal with your own taxes from a now this is from a personal perspective, but also thinking about it from how is it how are they gonna, how are taxes going to impact my investments? You're not even playing the second half. You can't win the game if you don't play. So we got to cover it, and you and I we know, we both know that. Now again, we think of taxes on the personal level first. Like what are my ta- what are your taxes? What is your tax rate? But today I think of the it's your federal and your state and your FICA. Uh, but really, no matter where you are on taxes, nobody likes to think of them going higher. But as as you know, and I know, we have a record deficit in the United States, record spending over the last decade, and then COVID supercharged Congress to spend even more. So we've got even more deficit to deal with. Congress spent, call it $10 trillion extra, and that's on top of all the debt that we already have. Most of that money, we, did, we didn't have it, so what did we do? We borrowed it. Now, Washington, D.C. is, of, of course, on a rampage to, to raise taxes, so they're going to get it from somewhere. The, the, the first target, or the first big target here, it's corporate taxes, and we know that there's a there's a multi-trillion dollar, call it $2 trillion stimulus bill, infrastructure bill on the docket right now. And then what is that? And that corresponds to what? A tax hike, tax hike on the table. So we're going to start until we get some detail about the new administration, the Biden's personal tax plan. 
we're going to, until we get that detail, we will absolutely break it down here on the Retire Sooner podcast. But for now, it's going to, it's about corporate taxes, which I think is even more about what is it going to do to the market? What is it going to do for investors? What's that do to the economy? So it's a little bit bigger picture. So it impacts all of us. It impacts all of us. By the way, last year, I wrote for the Atlanta Journal Constitution about the the way taxes were. This is while the, the President Trump was still the president, and Biden had put out his proposal, and I compared those two. How does the Biden tax proposal compare to where taxes where they are still today? I wrote about that for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. It created great, great controversy because people took it as political. And really, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm just trying to understand. I guess there's no way in the world we live in to not be somewhat political if you're talking about something like taxes. Taxes comes from D.C. and what's in D.C.? Politics. I don't like higher taxes. I'm not ashamed to say that. But that's not necessarily the focus of our show here today or when we talk about personal taxes. It will be more about how do you navigate the cards we're dealt with. As an investor, that's you always we have to just deal with the cards we're dealt with. So let's talk about corporate taxes. That's the new curveball we're all going to be getting as investors. So corporate taxes have fallen more than than you may even appreciate, or even I appreciate when I started to look into the history of corporate taxes over the last 45 years. If you go back to the mid-1970s, the corporate effective tax rate was in the 50%, 5-0, 50% range. That if you think of it, the the effective rate, by the way, the corporate tax rate, you got to factor in deductions and all the other things that corporations or businesses do with their balance sheets or their when it comes to their deductions. So the cor- corporate effective tax rate is what they ultimately pay on a dollar of earnings. So if it's fifty percent, they keep fifty percent. Fifty percent goes the to the government. That they have moved lower and lower and lower for the most part, overall corporate effective tax rate for the most part for the last four and a half decades. Again, about 50% range back in the 1970s, then down to the 40 range, then now down to then down to the mid 30% range in the 1980s. In the 1990s, uh, they, they would say the corporate effective tax rate floated around the 30 range in the low 30s. There was a spike if you look at this chart, and I'm just describing this chart, there was a spike in 2002, 2008, both of those, that was just due to the recession. And then if you take a look where it's been lately, it's been more like in the mid-20 range through 2010. And then up until the Trump tax reform from 2017, the overall corporate effective tax rate fell after that reform in 2017 into the high teens. And that's where we are right now. The corporate effective tax rate is about as low as we've ever seen it in the history of America. Well, really, since my chart here is in the night since the early 1970s, but it's at 17.7 today, to be exact. It, it, it was if you go back to 2017 before the latest tax cut, corporate tax cut, it was in the 24, almost 24 and a half percent range. Now. It looks like that's going in going to move in the other direction. But by the way, the official, again, personal individual tax rate has not been released yet from the Biden administration. What it does, we will cover that. The as far as corporate taxes are concerned, Biden, the proposal from the Biden administration is to go back to the pre-Trump tax levels. The pre-Trump tax cut levels is how I should say it. That was at 35%. The, the Trump tax cut 
took corporate rates down to 21%. So the proposal is to go back to 35%, which that's a big number. Again, if you look through here, 1968, corporate tax rates were 53%, 71, it was 48, 1987 was 40, 1988 was 34. So you can see that over time they've come down and down and down. The so but what we need to really understand is that what does this do to markets? Now there's there's one other important piece of the equation here when we're talking about government and what the government contributes to the economy and the, the brake pedal that is taxes on the economy. We've also had a lot of stimulus, record stimulus in 2020. A lot is an understatement. 2020, 2021, record, record economic stimulus. That's also going to wear off in 2022. So next year, the way that I'm looking at this is we've got stimulus that is going to be less extra gasoline on the fire for the economy because we'll be, God willing, totally out of the pandemic, let's just say. And then, so you're going to have what's called fiscal drag on top of taxes going up. Now, the Biden administration wants uh, their proposal right now on corporate taxes to increase the corporate tax rate from 21 up to 28%. Before the tax cuts that were in the tr during the Trump administration, the top corporate rate was 35%. Again, that's still the, that's the top rate, not the, the effective rate. So we that got lowered from 35 down to 21. Now the proposal is to take it back up to 28%. There's also something happening that's important that is in a, in the similar vein to impact on the economy and potentially to earnings, and that's stimulus wearing off. We've had record corporate, we have we've had record fiscal stimulus in 2020 to get through the pandemic, and then we've had record stimulus even more so in 2021 as we've we've tried to continue to get out of the pandemic. That is going to wear off, so that we're not going to get the same amount of extra fuel rocket fuel for the economy in 2022. So you're going to you're going to start to hear this phrase of fiscal drag. Fiscal drag it just means that we're going to have less extra economic stimulus from Congress than we did the year prior. So that's one thing that I again I think the economy will be fine through the fiscal drag because that was really supposed to just help us get through the difficulty of the pandemic. But really the question is what will the the hike in taxes do? So again, Biden wants to go from 21 to 28%. Well, probably well, let's. We don't even know where we're going to land. Remember, that's the proposal. We could end up in the twenty-five range. May not be the full twenty-eight. But let's just say we went to the full twenty-eight percent where the proposal is. That would be about. And we did the our team here, the Retire Sooner podcast team, did the the math on that. It would it would take a it would be about a thirteen percent hit to earnings per share in twenty twenty one. Or moving forward, so whatever it hits the the the, the next year, about a thirteen percent hit. If you take a look at where Wall Street is expecting earnings to be next year, twenty twenty two, we're looking at about two hundred dollars of earnings for the whole total S and P five hundred, minus twelve to thirteen percent. You could see earnings go from two hundred bucks for the in aggregate down to one seventy five. That mean what would that do? Well, it would mean for the current level where we are in the market, because we look at price divided by earnings to kind of get a gauge on how expensive or quote cheap the market is. That that reduction in earnings would take the market multiple up, so it would make the market a little bit more expensive. It would take it from about twenty today to about twenty three. Now, again, not overly dramatic change here. It certainly makes the market more expensive. We're thinking about what does this do to investments, but it's not that dramatic. 
And I do think that we'll see that 28% target rate right now. It seems like that's what, what, what Congress is looking at. I think it'll get watered down. And then the effective rate will end up being lower than the headline rate, which will likely only take rates, which means it will probably only see, call it a 4%. This is a kind of our estimate here, a 4% hit to overall earnings, which is not great. We don't want to ever see as investors' earnings come down, but it's also not a fatal blow when it comes to invest, if, if, when it comes to the markets from what we're, we're figuring out here deducing here. Not the end of the world. I don't like it. I never want to see taxes go up. And I never want to see the government get more private money, decide on what to do with it and how to spend it, but likely not that dramatic impact to earnings, which is what matters for investors and for your investments. Now, let's take a look at what does this mean for the economy. From 1948 to 2010, corporate tax rates, where we were able to chart that out and look at the impact in any given year on overall GDP. So what is what is in any given year corporate tax rate all the way back into the before the 1950s, all the way to 2010, what was the impact on GDP? Well, guess what? Looking at it from history, you plot every single tax year relative to what the economy did in that given year, and you essentially figure out a a regression line to see, hey, do corporate taxes increase, hurt or help the economy? The reality, almost negligible, meaning that the, 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 the corporate tax rate didn't really impact the economy to the good or the bad. Now, you would think, oh, wait, more higher corporate taxes, bad for the economy, lower corporate, good. It basically shows very little relationship. So again, simply put, our GDP, our economy, marches to the beat of its own drum, almost regardless of where corporate taxes are. And I think that's comforting to me here as we're looking at a corporate tax hike on the horizon. Now, what what do they mean, though? So, so, so first of all, what we did, I think I've, I've, I've tried to cover, I'm not worried that the corporate tax rate is going to hurt the market. That's essentially what I'm saying here on the Retire Sooner podcast. But what does it mean? I think where we do see an impact or where you will feel, we'll all feel an impact is it has to do with inflation. And if we went, we went back and we looked at the at corporate tax increases again over history, we looked at the 1940s, the 50s, the 60s, where in where those corporate tax increases were were averaged about seven percent. By the way, similar to what we're facing today, 21 to 28. And, and, and looked at what the impact was on inflation. And there was a, a, a discernible impact when it came to inflation. CPI, go back this whole this period of history from the 40s until now, essentially. You look at CPI, consumer price index, that's inflation. The two year before those corporate tax increases, CPI ran at about one and a half percent a year. That's pretty, it's about where it has been running lately. Look at CPI the two years after those corporate tax hikes. We see a huge jump in inflation, huge jump in inflation numbers to the tune of 4.7, almost 5% for the two years. Think of inflation. We've been running inflation at something like 1%, one and a half. We've, the Federal Reserve is frustrated they can't get inflation to get to 2%. Imagine if we had a full 5% inflation. That's a big number when it comes to the cost of goods moving higher. Everything, housing, higher, cars, higher. We've been talking about inflation on my show Money Matters a lot. 
here are the retired senior cast has we haven't talked about a lot. By the way, if you if you money matters is a more timely. What happened this week to some extent in the markets? What's happening in markets almost today? That you can find on WSB Radio. That's my home radio station in Atlanta, Georgia. By the way, for those listening in the in different states, WSBRadio.com. You can go and find the Money Matters uh, on demand podcast there. But when it comes to inflation. I think that's what we're going to be seeing when it comes to these, not, not to mention we've had record deficit, which also is, can have an impact on the value of money. And if the value of, of dollars comes down, you need more of those dollars for a loaf of bread, for a house, for a car. So I think there's a lot of different variables that are going to add to inflation over time. And I think it makes sense to, to look at this data and say, well, if taxes go up on corporations, what do you think the CFO of that company does? Well, they they look around and say, hmm, our taxes went up by 10%. Well, we're just going to increase the cost of our products by a similar amount, and we're going to pass that through to our customers. And that's just the way publicly traded companies work. Their job is to make money no matter what happens. And in this case, it seems to me, CFO says, hey, let's just raise prices and pass taxes through the consumer. Toothpaste prices, let's go. They're going up. Ketchup prices, they're going up. Car prices going up. Travel prices going up or going higher. And I think that's the result here of what we're looking at over the next several months. And we don't know when this will ultimately come to fruition. But corporate taxes, listen, they're going to they're gonna go up. That's a tax on corporations and it's a tax to investors. I think that's number one. Number two, corporate taxes will still end up likely being less, really, and maybe a lot less. And I think this is another piece of the good news than where they were in 2017 before they were lowered. Because again, before the Trump tax cuts, they were at 35%, lowered all the way down to 21%. What Right now, the proposal is just to go back to 28. So even if we got to 28, it's still a lot lower than it was prior to 2017, again, and the, and the market was fine through that period of time. So again, I think this market as investors can take it. Number three, yes, earnings will take at least a little bit of a hit, but I think investors will look through that, look forward, because earnings are always about what are we going to do in the future, and ultimately be able to kind of look beyond a short-term or temporary hit to earnings just because taxes went up. Number four, I think it's very much about inflation. I think in the end, all of this about all all of these changes that we're seeing and the large deficits we have, I think what that ultimately will do will drive growth in the prices we have to pay for goods and services and pretty much everything that we open up our wallets for. So be prepared for inflation. Now, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. The good news is that if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably a stock investor, an equity investor, right? You, you, you own equity in some way, shape, or form, ETFs, individual companies, mutual funds. And the army of, this is new, this is a new phrase for this podcast. I, I think of our economy as this army of American productivity. I think of that millions and millions of people all kind of locking arms together to be more and more productive little by little every day. Kind of this immutable force, this powerful force of kind of just always getting a little bit better, moving the ball forward. And productivity is not going to stop. And guess what? Stocks are genetically engineered to move higher 
their whole purpose in life is to represent a company that is growing and it doesn't always happen, but that's what this group, that's what every person at almost every company out there that's publicly traded, the, the mission of that company is to expand and grow. Now it doesn't always happen, obviously. There's lots of casualties along the way, but, but imagine millions of people all rowing essentially in the same direction. So I think the bad news is we're going to have inflation. The good news, the, the corporate America, to some extent, figures out a way to get through it and still be able to grow earnings. For example, we all know that here's, – here's an example in, from the Uber world. Uh, this is an example, private sector. This is a, I'm not talking about the company Uber. I'm talking about the service that you get when you try to go get an Uber or Uber Eats and you go into your app and you try to get a car. Well, what what has happened to that? Now, granted, this is we're in April where, where the world's kind of open. Really, in Georgia, where I am, the world's fully reopened. In other states, it's not fully reopened just yet, and that may take some time. But because there was such a shutdown and it was so slow for Ubers over the past, the majority of the past year, certainly the first six months of the pandemic, a lot of those Uber drivers left the business. And they said, look, I just can't make a living doing this. So I'm going to just go find something else to do. So not all of those Uber drivers have come back. So you have less Uber drivers. Okay. You also now have... At the time of me recording this podcast, about 200 million vaccine doses administered in the United States. That number is going to keep growing. And what is the first thing you want to do after you get a vaccine from COVID, if you can remember? You, you want to go party. You know, Mallory's in here in the studio. She's dancing. She's got the disco lights on. And you, you, either, you want to go out and do a restaurant. You want to go fly somewhere. You want to travel. You want to do something. And all of a sudden, now we get this surge of new customers that are opening up their phones and saying, wait, where are all the Ubers? Well, a lot of the Uber drivers left. And now we got a lot, you have to say half the drive, and I don't know the exact number here, you got le way less drivers and way more passengers. What's Uber to do? Well, here's what Uber's going to do. Well, first of all, prices have to go up. Real life example of Uber inflation, not Uber as in a lot. But Uber as in the service, but it really is Uber Uber because we're talking about massive inflation. Prices didn't go up a couple cents. Philly, Austin, Chicago, Miami, uh, uh, everywhere, Atlanta, prices went up anywhere between twenty-five and seventy-five percent over the past month. Over the past month, almost a full double, hundred percent in some cases, because Uber had to raise their prices. Hey, we just we, we can't service all of the people wanting to use our service. Very simply put, higher costs, higher costs in, because of a, of now. Granted, the, the pandemic was a health crisis, and people were very careful and didn't want to go out of the house in some cases, and in other cases, they weren't allowed to, or there just no restaurants open. So you've got government mandated shutdowns, government driven event like taxes are a government driven event. That are that led to a huge rift in the economy, and it led to a company having to find a solution for that. First, they what do they do? They raise prices. Uber drivers that are working, by the way, I've talked to some Uber drivers making like the equivalent of 130, 140 grand a year. Now they're driving a lot. Uber Uber I took last week said he worked 70 hours in the week and made 2,600 bucks, something like, it came out to something like $40 an hour on average. 
135K a year. So what happens? Now the Uber driver celebrates. He tells his friends, saying, well, I'm making a lot of money. What happens? Uber drivers come back. Well, there's also an Uber. Uber had to do a stimulus plan too. They had to do their own stimulus. Uber announced a $250 million, a quarter of a billion dollar plan of their own. This is a private company. Not This is not the government to bring back drivers to the platform. Public companies are expected to increase their earnings and their shareholder value no more what the environment is. And Uber did it in two, these two ways. One, they had to raise prices that helped get drivers back. And in two or three, they did even more economic stimulus from them to get people back into driving Uber again, delivering with Uber Eats. And that is, that is the, it's a real, almost a real-time story here that there are very few other assets that you and I can go invest in that are genetically engineered to combat inflation, the very problem that we think is coming. By the way, I get this. I, I get the stocks are genetically engineered to move higher over time from Carrie Schwab Pomerantz, the daughter of Charles Schwab. She started working at the Schwab that we all know today, the massive investment company. She was 16 and Schwab was a tiny little startup. And today she is, uh, she's worked there her entire life. She is phenomenal in the world of charitable giving, has one of the biggest hearts of anyone I've ever met and has run been a huge part of growing Schwab uh, donor advised and charitable uh, program for investors. So it wor worth a listen to Carrie uh, Pomerantz or to Carrie Schwab Pomerantz. When it comes to investing, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know or be already believe that stocks are genetically engineered to go higher over time. Uh, it's a big part of what uh, my, my career has been all around that and figuring out the best ways to invest over time so that we can be in a position to retire sooner. It is something I've done for 20 plus years that I will do as long as I live. This is just a, it's a lifelong pursuit. It's a lifelong journey. And, on, and honestly, it's a lot of fun. And I think the more we understand and we, the more we're educated about being investors, the easier it is to stay on that journey and to stay on that right path. And that's what we're trying to help you with right here on the Retire Sooner Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Love to hear from you, obviously, in the ratings, and, or you can just email our team. You can find us at wesmoss.com, W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. Send us your questions. We will do podcasts all around your questions as well in the, in the foreseeable future. So send us questions. We'd love to answer them for you. And even not just on the show, but we'll, we'll write you back and we'll let you know our thoughts on the retire from our entire team as well. We really are here to help. Thank you so much for listening. Hey y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure.
This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information.